the Writerly Bites podcast, where you'll get bite-sized tips for making your writing and your writing life better. I'm Blair Hurley, and I'm a novelist and a creative writing instructor. You can find more about me at BlairHurley.com and on Twitter at BHurley. You can follow news about the podcast on Twitter at Writerly Bites. This week's writing tip is a return to two of my favorite episodes from the past year. I'm taking a little break for the holidays and the new year, so it's a chance for you to revisit some of my favorite thoughts about getting productive and discovering what is really vital about your characters. So the two episodes that I'm going to post here are Look Around the Edges of a Scene and Find What's Fragile. Both of these episodes are really about diving more deeply into what is strange and dangerous about your story. And I hope you find them helpful as you head off into the final weeks of 2021. Have a great year, everyone. You're listening to the Writerly Bites podcast, where you'll get quick tips for making your writing and your writing life better. I'm Blair Hurley, and I'm a novelist and a creative writing instructor. You can find more about me at BlairHurley.com and on Twitter at BHurley. This week's writing tip is to look around the edges of a scene. I love building my stories around the concept of scenes. Scenes have all the drama that comes from having characters make choices right before your eyes. They're backed into a corner or learning new information that forces them to evaluate what they feel and who they are. Making your character do this in real time in front of the reader is always powerful. I have a lot to say about scenes and the importance of scenifying your narration whenever possible, But I'll just stick with this one particular tip today to look around the edges of a possible scene. In some fiction, there are already certain scene types that exist that we're exhaustingly over-familiar with. In the crime procedural story, we know about the discovery of the body scene and the trial scene and the interrogation scene. In romantic stories, we might know about the first meeting scene or the first fight or the reconciliation. In fantasy and sci-fi, there are similar scene types for world-building or conflict-generating. I call these scenes obligatory scenes because they're so familiar to us that we sometimes feel obligated as writers to put them in our stories. Say a character dies in your story, then we think we have to go through the motions of the obligatory funeral scene. But in fact, we don't have to start the scene, or end it, or have anything in the middle that is strictly obligatory, or that we've seen before. Great scenes subvert our expectations. Great scenes show us the strange ways things can go in real life. They show us what happens when someone speaks the uncomfortable truth or tosses a metaphorical match into a conversation. They also reflect real life, which isn't always composed of the most theatrical elements of our lives. It's also about the quiet moments, or the awkward moments, or the times when we're waiting and don't have anything to say. A great example of a scene in which nothing goes according to expectation is Dennis Johnson's Emergency. In the first part of this short story, told in one scene, an orderly is working the night shift at an emergency room and stealing pills from the medical supplies when a man with a knife in his eye walks in the door. From there, we get to see how the nurse, the incompetent doctor, and the two very inebriated orderlies handle the situation. Everyone has different desires, and they react in very different and very surprising ways to the situation. 
I won't spoil it for you, but it's in Dennis Johnson's story collection, Jesus's Son. When you're writing a new scene, take a moment to look around the edges of your expected scene. You may have a trial scene, for example. Maybe that's something you have in mind for your story. But maybe what's really interesting is what's happening just before the trial, when everyone is meeting in the parking lot of the courthouse. If you're writing a breakup scene, maybe what's interesting is in the awkward hour after the breakup, when the couple still has to take the bus home together. If you're writing an assassination, maybe what's interesting is what happens immediately before or immediately after the killing. Keep looking around the edges of what's expected, and you'll find something entirely new in the timeline, something that hasn't been written about yet. Then you can make that surprising space your own, because there are no rules about what could happen. This week's reading recommendation is Emily Temple's debut novel, The Lightness, which I just enjoyed. This is a really dreamy, fantastic, suspenseful novel with uh, some surprising destinations. It's about a girl who attends a Buddhist retreat uh, with a bunch of other girls. She's there because she's searching for her father, who was a, a practicing Buddhist and has disappeared. And she heard that he had attended this retreat, so she's looking for clues. But pretty soon, the story branches off from that because it's all about the friendships that she forms with these girls and how they're all trying to uh, learn how to levitate. And they're spending the summer devoting themselves to this. So it's very surprising, odd, intense. It tackles a lot of the themes that I find deeply fascinating about spirituality and particularly the experience of girls and women in religious spaces. You're listening to the Writerly Bites podcast, where you'll get bite-sized tips for making your writing and your writing life better. I'm Blair Hurley, and I'm a novelist and a creative writing instructor. You can find more about me at BlairHurley.com and on Twitter at bhurley. You can follow news about the podcast on Twitter at Writerly Bites. This week's writing tip is find what's fragile. For writers who focus on building three-dimensional characters, characters who truly seem like real people, there's a lot of emphasis on character questionnaires or crib sheets. We fill out long question and answers or search for photos of strangers online that might look like the person we're holding in our mind's eye. We spend a lot of time wondering what tastes in music or food our character might have. A lot of this, I think, is wasted time. In short fiction, we can only suggest character. We can't build a whole person and show their birth, childhood, formative experiences, and death. The thrill of great short fiction is in how you can see just a glimpse and still feel like you know that person. The writers who do this best don't focus on building exhaustive character profiles. Instead, they focus in on the most revealing elements of a person. And one of the most revealing aspects of a person that you can know is what makes them fragile in their life. Does your character have a fragile ego? Do they fear losing the love of their partner, their parents, their children? Are they hanging on by a thread in terms of their own self-worth, their relationships with their friends, their career? Whatever is most delicate, most vulnerable, most open to harm is the thing we need to know about in your story, and it needs to come across early in a story so that we can feel a vicarious anxiety on the part of your character, worrying that something fragile will be broken. There's a classic short story 
called Cathedral by Raymond Carver that starts with a man telling a story about his wife and the relationship that she has with a blind man who's coming to visit as a friend. The interesting thing about this opening is that while we learn almost nothing about the narrator, we feel by the end that we know who the narrator is, or at least we have a really strong sense of what kind of a person he is. The way that he tells the story shows us that he's very anxious about the relationship that his wife has with another man. He's anxious about playing host to a person with a disability that makes him uncomfortable. He's anxious about the fact that his wife was once married to another man. There's a kind of fragile masculinity on display in this first page, and it's so strong. It makes us feel like we know this character and we understand also what is delicate about him. So in that way, having your character tell a story about someone else can be a revealing way to show what's fragile about them. Another example of this fragile masculinity is in Larry Brown's incredible story, Waiting for the Ladies, which is in his collection, Big Bad Love. In this story, uh, a woman comes in to the house and tells her husband that a man just flashed her at the dumpster where she was putting out their garbage. It's from the man's perspective, the husband's perspective. And immediately we can see how this is a, a tremendous threat to him. Uh, he becomes less concerned with how traumatizing or frightening this might have been for his wife and more about how it's a threat to him. The story is full of personality and verve and sensitivity as well, but it's a great example, again, of how a character and a story begins with the threat that might upend his world. For this week's reading recommendation, I'd like to recommend a more practical book on craft and the realities of writing careers. It's called Before and After the Book Deal by Courtney Mom. This book was so helpful as a guide for what the ins and outs of actually publishing a book looks like, from publicity to book tours to what advances really are. If you're interested in really getting serious about publishing your book, or if you've already published a book and wish you had known a few things for the next time around, I, this book is, a, is tremendously informative and helpful. Thanks for listening. The Writerly Bites podcast will be back with micro tips to make your writing better. It's produced by me, Blair Hurley. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and visit the website at writerlybites.com. Email me at writerlybitespodcast at gmail.com with your favorite tips or questions about the writing life, which I'd love to tackle in future episodes.